Hello everybody. Hi. Just a couple of housekeeping points before we get going today. Um, could you please make sure that your mobile phones are on silent or switched off? Um, and also at the end of the session, if you could kindly leave the auditorium um, just while we reset, even if you are coming to the next session, because we do need to, to reset the room. There will also be some, some time at the end for some questions, but because we're recording everything today, please do wait for the microphone to, to come to you before you ask your question. Finally, um, we'd just like to take this opportunity to thank both Christie's Education and the Arts Council England for their sponsorship of Forum this year, as well as our partnership with Art Review. So welcome to Forum today. Having explored on Thursday many of the issues concerning identity, gender, dress, as well as significance of inherited materials, yesterday our discussion moved into the realms of design, technology and architecture. Considering how these fields can overlap and with artistic practice and um, the questions that might accompany this. Aaron Cohn, who initiated yesterday's dialogue, will be returning later to today to continue discussing innovations in architecture and design and how they may be used to solve issues not only on the continent but globally. First though, we have our first session of the day and I'm delighted to introduce Azu Nwagbubagu, <laughs> who will lead a conversation exploring how objects and post-design ideals formulate contemporaneity of the pan-African aesthetic in a globalised world. Thank you. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you all for coming. Um, I'd like to introduce uh, our distinguished panellists today. Um, to my right, I've got Amelie Klein, who is the curator at the Beecher Museum. Amelie curated the very significant and iconic and successful uh, Making Africa ex exhibition two years ago that opened at the Beecher Museum in Willem Rhine. And that exhibition has traveled to four or five destinations? Three to Bilbao, Barcelona, and Rotterdam. And Rotterdam now, three <coughs> destinations in the last two years. And um, I think it's the definitive exhibition of contemporary design in Africa that we've been privileged to enjoy over the last maybe 10 years. Even. I, I don't know that there's any exhibition that really has been able to really capture the current energy of design on the, on, in Africa as you've done with Making Africa. And I'm very privileged to be involved in the remote sense with it and contributing to the catalog. And, and thank you for coming and thank you for being part of uh, um, the talk today. Thank you for having me. Um, in Making Africa, we had also to our left, Hassan Hajaj, who was okay. a, one of the artists and one of the designers involved in the exhibition. Um, Hassan Hajaj is a Moroccan-British artist designer, born in <coughs> London, 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 yes. Hassan works in London and Marrakesh. He has established an international following following his amazing photography and his work features several prestigious public and private collections worldwide. He has also won the Sovereign Art Fund in the Middle East and African Prize in 2011. And he was shortlisted for the Jamel Prize in 2009 at the Victoria and Albert Museum in London. And he is a very, very, very interesting artist and designer. Thank and you. I think 
Hassan is one of the people that will allow us to understand a bit more about the fluidity about design and art and what that means and representing a new African identity. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, Thank you. Oh, I'm sorry. At the back, can you hear me now? Can you put your mic on? Maybe it's not on. Is it on? One, two. Oh, mine is on. Mine is. Can you hear me now? That's right. <coughs> <coughs> And um, to my immediate left, we've got Caro. Um, Caro is a child of the 80s, that's all we know. Born and raised in Lagos, Caro is, um, grew up on a diet of cartoons, comic books, and drawing time. Caro's work focuses on fusing experiences and observations gotten from minutia of everyday living and interest in the visual and written aspects of popular culture. His work straddles the line between fine art and graphic design and is marked, upon, is marked by the embrace of spontaneous, of the spontaneous and, when necessary, research-based approach. Cairo's work is an exercise in progress and self-discovery, always changing, and his interests and attitudes are always being newly formulated. Cairo is also very interesting because in 2008, you were part of the team of guys that did the installation at the African Artists Foundation yeah. and did the graffiti work all across the city in Lagos, I remember. Mm -hmm. How many um, artists did you work with on that? I think it was about five or six different artists. Um, yeah. And, and you travelled around? Yeah, from Lagos Island to Lagos Island. Interesting. So we're going to uh, jump into the very core of the discussion, and we're going to start by asking Amelie, what does design mean to you as a curator and how do you straddle that idea of design and how do you separate that with fine art or contemporary art? Well, obviously due to my profession I'm a design geek <laughs> um, and I consider anything that I do uh, as seen through a design lens. So to be very honest with you, um, although I think Probably many people wouldn't agree, but I, I really um, I don't care what what I put into my show, as long as it makes the argument that I want to make, and as long <coughs> as it supports my argument and tells the story that I'm interested in, and whether something is design or not, um, I don't think it's so important. But obviously, um, I mean, looking at making Africa. Okwe and Vezo at the opening said, this is a wonderful art show. And I'm like, um, no, <laughs> this is actually a design show. And um, for me, obviously it is because I'm a design curator. So I wouldn't ever make, you know, I wouldn't dare to talk about art because I, I don't know enough about art, I think. But, but I look at things through my, through my own perspective of a design curator and I think, I mean, you know, why is art, why does design matter? Well, obviously, because everything is design. We're always, um, 
we're always, always confronted with design. And I, I'm quoting this very interesting man, it's called uh, Azulat Bogu, <laughs> in a very interesting uh, essay that he wrote for an, uh, my catalogue. And uh, design is what glues things together, really. It's, it's it what glues disciplines together, it what glues people and the physical world together, basically. And what's really interesting about design, I think, is that, you know, when we look at um, this little object, that lies on the table and all of us carry in their pockets. What's really interesting is not that it's, I've, I've been saying this before, but you know, it's, it, what's really interesting is not that it's a black rectangle that glows, and it's not interesting that it has little icons that do something, but what's really interesting about it is that it changes, it has changed our relationship and our interaction with each other so significantly. And so this is what design means to me. It's interaction, um, relation, systems, infrastructure, anything basically, and the physical world on top of that. Very interesting. I wish Turia was here to uh, <coughs> contribute. It would have been interesting to hear what she'd have, she'd have, she'd have to say. Because when you're coming to the fair, you're confronted with Zach Ove's um, sculptural design installations, is the first thing you see. And a lot of those totems are almost like antediluvian or it's throwback to what we consider to be you know artifacts and what a lot of cliches about what African art or design objects should be and I wonder how or why perhaps that was the, the <coughs> first structure that you see or the first welcome or greeting you see and um, in conversations I was having with a bunch of people a couple of days ago I was, I was suggesting that that's an interesting way of engaging and opening the conversation from say an, an overwhelming presence of your ignorance, if you like, and then inviting you into a space where you are able to engage with beauty and contemporary uh, sensibility that you see in each of the boots and each of the galleries that are representing the work. So um, and that's an interesting take, and I, I thank you for that. I'd like to uh, ask Hassan, for example, <laughs> moving over to an artist and a designer and a producer rather than a curator what your own take on design is and how do you create the disambiguation or the separation between design objects that you make or how do you think of it and contemporary art production i mean for me um design has been a very important part of my body of work you know to with what's called arts um i'm using obviously objects i grew up with in morocco and it's also making that something that's something out of nothing to make it, you know, being useful. Um, when I was started doing, I suppose, my early days of designing objects, because coming from Morocco, we have a certain way of, like, uh, the way we sit, all the uh, seating things are very low, the tables are low. So I kind of used objects around that's, you know, kind of, I suppose, the recycling, uh, from the recycling background. And that's also because of growing up in Morocco, everything kind of gets recycled and gets used. So when I decided to put the design, you know, my body of work on, on objects, I also wanted to be able to get used by the public so they get this experience. Um, on top of this as well, it's, it's also working with the artisans in Morocco. Um, so again, just learning along the way. So I think there's a kind of a, a whole lineage of you know of, of things um, to do with design 
and usage where you know in Europe sometimes a lot of artists would do use something that's recycled but you can't touch it you can only look at it um, and for me it's really again back in Africa and parts of other what so-called third world countries there's a lot of stuff sort of everyday objects that not supposed to be used for what they are but they get used or, you know a crate as a seat or you know, so stuff like this. I kind of took this and trying to give also these, these these kind of objects some kind of value and the recognition because of the brands. So it's really playing with all these kind of ideas in, in a sense. Very interesting. So, and Carol, you have um, your work is known for its social commentary and its irony, and you're also a graphic artist and you make a lot of um, <coughs> sign up productions as well. What do you, what's your take on what design is and how do you see your work as a designer or as an artist? What, what do, you, do you think is a separate thing or do you have a point of convergence? Well, I think uh, for me, I, I can't talk about design without talking about the experiences I had growing up in Lagos, Nigeria. And very similar to Hassan's experiences about being inspired by the things he saw around him while in Morocco, I think it's also similar for me as well. And growing up in Lagos, there were not so many art galleries. And as far as I know, at that time in the 80s, there was only one museum. And so art was never, or design was never something that you had to go to a space to experience. It was meant to be a part of your everyday life. And that, was, that had like a huge impact on me growing up. And then getting into art school and also getting into advertising, because I worked in advertising for two and a half years and then now being in this art space, I see lots of similarities between the disciplines of design and the disciplines of art. And my understanding is that there shouldn't be any, <coughs> there shouldn't be any boundaries between the disciplines, because as far as I'm concerned, it's all the same. It's just that the, what, you're making for, what you're making it for, or who you're making it for, becomes different. But it's all process-based. And graphic design or, or design can also be used to represent experiences and observations the way fine art can be used to represent experiences and, and observations. So for me, like, I, don't see that, I don't think there should be any uh, distinctions between the disciplines. It's all about creating and then creating from a place of deep interest and also uh, being in tune with your experiences and also being able to observe carefully. And I think that that's what design offers. Like design is much more relevant to everyday life mm -hmm. than art. Yeah. Aha. So yeah. you've created a separation right now. <laughs> 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 but, but so it's a take on that. I mean, that's interesting what you're saying because then there's a challenge. How can you have design kind of floating in the arena of art world and be accepted? So this is always kind of a you know, there's that kind of fine line of acceptance. Is it an artistic object or is it a design object? So, um, Carrie, but your work is very strong in social commentary. Yeah. And is it the case that when you introduce commentary mm -hmm. or you, tr you introduce like a message, if you like, yeah. there's an interventionist approach. Hassan, for mm -hmm. example, you introduce an intervention <coughs> into a public space or into, mm -hmm. and then the work elevates from say an aesthetic object to be observed to a design object because there's an intervention there's a um a message, message. or mm -hmm. a use a functionality attached 
that is that correct or? uh yeah i think you, if you can see the work there's a combination of everything you said um i mean for me as i say it the whole idea going back like what you said in nigeria is like trying to use something making something out something that out of nothing in yeah. a sense and also like we was talking about the the things that's like for, for me for example i'm designing objects but again with my photography i'm designing the frame and then the frame becomes part of the of, you know the art piece in a sense so again it's playing with all these kind of uh, ideas so we talk about making something out of nothing yes and um everything is better than nothing, <laughs> exactly right? yeah and so we talk about we like to move into what we consider to be problematics in design family what would you consider to be the number one problematic in commentary about contemporary african design um <coughs> well i would say there are three cliches that african design i mean what is african design you know it's like four problems the 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 the, the, the one biggest problem is that um you know, we speak about African design and, and then, you know, what, what is African design? I have no idea. If, if you could tell me, I'd be very <laughs> happy. Um, what, is, what is Norwegian design? What is British design? Yeah. Most of the time, these are um, labels that uh, trade, trade organizations put onto um, <coughs> things to market them, I would say. So, uh, but still, if we speak about um, design coming from the continent that is Africa, there are, I would say, three cliches that are really the biggest problem. One is that um, very often they're connected, um, it's connected to crafts. Two, it's connected to humanitarian issues. You know, that's a big, big thing, especially in the United States, where, you know, design for the under 90%, and as if um, Africa was exclusively and all the time struggling for, you know, survival. survival. Uh, and three, and I think this is, I think again, I'm, I'm, I'm quoting you all the time, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm the one big lens that is really uh, like uh, um, on top of, of, of really between design and, 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 the <laughs> and our perspective onto it is, is recycling. And I, um, I don't think you want me to do that, but I could rant about recycling for a long time. I, do, I want to spare you that. Um, <laughs> but um, I, I, I could talk about recycling and what's wrong with recycling for a long time. Um, so I'm just going to allow Hassan to, because Hassan used the word recycle. Yeah. And I understand the context of the meaning. Yeah. And, um, and I have to say very quickly that I'm a huge fan of Hassan's work. Thank you. And Thank you. Beyond being a fan, I have. I'm not even trying to um, be disrespectful there when I mention recycling. Mm -hmm. But um, recycling or materiality? Well, I think what you're saying just now about recycling is, is totally a caricature of what's so called Africa or what's so called third world countries. But for me, you know, the, my journey with this kind of happened naturally. You know, I grew up in Morocco and at that point in time, this stuff was getting, you know, it's not it, no, nothing to do with art or design. It was to do with usage. Um, along the way, you know, when I started doing these objects without realising I was doing these objects, again, as pieces of design for usage. And I remember, like, early days when I've kind of had a couple of shows, especially the VNA had an installation there at the salon. And they screeched when I said, I want people to sit in it. 
they was like, you know, this is the VNA. We don't, you know, normally don't do this. I said, I want people to have this experience. Um, then I realised, you know, there's a difference between again the way can look at recycling from the West to, you know, the African continent. And sadly enough, being in Morocco, I'm sure about Nigeria and other uh, countries in Africa, sometimes it's not at a choice. It's just around you, and you know, people kind of go with this flow of recycling. Uh, then you have, like you said, comes with the craft. Uh, so I think there's a combination of this. And for me, really, it was just something that happened. I'm coming from growing up in London. I was doing lots of underground parties. So it was like used as a space where I remember I had to kind of recreate the space for people to enjoy. So when I started doing the objects, and normally it would go with the, my images. You know, there was always like a, uh, a kind of a, a journey between the art and, and the design. So we're trying to fuse these two where they can sit together. Properly, so you know, create my own world in a sense. So for me, this is I totally understand about because there's immediately when you say something about design or crafts, you get you know, recycling would be probably the top of the list. Very important. And I, 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 maybe I should add what, what yeah. I mean. Why I'm so upset about the concept of recycling. Um, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but. Um, I need to explain, I, don't, I totally don't have a problem with reuse or using yeah. materials that have you know, been used in other contexts. I think that's a very clever thing to do. The only thing that I have a problem with is the, is the word, you know, the yeah. semantics around it. Because if we talk about recycling, basically what we talk about, and this is a, a Nigerian uh, word, is, is um, uh, tokumbo, you know, yeah. second best. It's, what? it's second best. Okay. You know, basically we talk about waste. It's, it's a bit like, especially in the north, I would say, um, oh, we have so much waste, you know, that we've produced in the course of consumerist, our consumerist societies. What are we going to do with it? Oh, let's recycle it. Yeah. You know, it might not be as good as new, but at least, you know, morally, we're great. And this is what really upsets me about it, because I think um, there is... A, I would say that the use of material that is available, no matter whether it has been used before or not, is a cultural discipline or um, a, uh, a technique mm -hmm. that, that is deeply innate to the global south in general. But nobody would you know, speak about recycling and moral you know, um, um, greatness. It's just using material that is available and that's it. And if we look at other contexts, the, the, the wording is different. If we look at um, fine arts, then we speak about, we, we speak about collage. If we speak about music, we, we use the word sampling. Mm -hmm. Why on earth, when it comes to design, are we talking about recycling, which is always, you know, it has always this ogu of waste. And, I, and I'm so upset with it because okay. it's, it's just an, an intelligent and I think very contemporary way of using material, I think no matter where it comes from. You know? Yeah, and I think also what you're saying, for me, like we said, there is people aware now, of re, you know, it's kind of a, people know they can play on this as well. So there's a forced way of working on it. There's certain artists maybe know this works, know it's part of what's so-called coming maybe for, you know, the African continent. So there is this, but again, like I said, there is some other people who naturally didn't really think about it in that way. It just kind of happened along the way, and some of them might get discovered as, you know, they probably weren't even doing it maybe in the kind of art design aspects, and it's something happened along the way and they get discovered. But yeah, I, I understand what you're saying on this, totally. Um, Carol, what's your take on recycling? Maybe for you it's more about ideas. Yeah, because I feel like design is very, process-based, uh, if it's about taking from the things that you see around you, 
and whether experiences or observations or just one of the things that we see around you, being able to like uh, intelligently put, put things together and, and to create newness out of stuff that exists already. And like Amelie said, I don't think that it's, uh, I don't think it's something that people, I don't think it's a new thing. It's something that people have always done. Mm -hmm. And it's not something that we should now herald as, hey, this is the next best thing coming out of yeah. the yeah. African continent. Because it happens in Europe too. It happens everywhere. But then in Africa, it's called recycling. But in Europe, it's called the best new design. Innovation. Yeah, there you go. I feel that it's just like the use of words and just trying to like place things in a certain box. Yes, I understand that completely. And, yeah. So if you think about it in this way, if um, I make, I, we, I, you create an object yeah. from trash, from trash, right? Mm -hmm. Everything is better than trash. And right. if you think about it in that way, it's almost like a pejorative way of assessing or absorbing or <coughs> enjoying or appreciating the object. Yeah. And that's, that is the problematic thing, the idea of recycling. Sure. But I prefer the term materiality, which is to say, you know, you're interested in the material aesthetic of an object or that you found <coughs> and then you find new ways or innovative ways of making objects or making art or making beauty from this object and that's really an interesting approach and something that I you know I'm always very awake to I'm very sensi sensitive to you know we've talked about it a lot materiality or recycling you know this notion is really quite a powerful separation in our minds. Um, Emily, do, did you want to say something about materiality? I know that that's a... Uh well, yeah, obviously materiality is <coughs> at the very core of design. <coughs> so, and, um, and, and speaking about recycling again, if, if uh, I really think it's, it's important to, to just redefine words and to be very careful about what words to use. Um, and, and even, I mean, as you just said, everything's better than waste, so that's really depreci depreciating anything that, that you know, comes um, out of this, uh, how do you say that? Um, uh, yeah, you said it before, <laughs> whatever. Um, what I find, what I find um, really important is that, I mean, look at, look at someone as Elana Tsui, who uses bottle caps. I hear, I don't know if it's true, but I hear if he can't get them, uh, if he can't get old ones, used ones, he buys them. Absolutely. Um, because why does he do that? Because bottle caps are his material. That's it. Period. No more comment. And and I think this is this is an interesting thing. Why don't we just look at these heaps of material as material? Period. Um, whether it's new or has been used in other contexts, I think shouldn't matter. Especially if we really if we really mean it. You know, if we if we if we would really mean it in terms of, you know, if the idea behind the good recycling was really honest, then we have to stop talking about waste. We just have to look at this as material, period. And, and, and therefore, I think, I mean, it's, 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 it's also ironic in, in, in a way that, you know, um, Europe has been shipping its waste to Africa for decades, and now Africa sits on these heaps of material, if mm -hmm. you want, you know, um, that there, there comes some cynical 
thought uh, too with this with this uh, interpretation. But then I think I'm really I really think that we have to look at materials in a new way, in a different way. Yeah, can I say? Yes. I think it's true. I think we can easily get stuck on recycled. You know, because we're talking about design, we're talking about you know, it's actually just the material to create the object or usage. Um, so I think it's like you said, it can be dangerous because you know, when you look at painting, we're not talking like look, we're not talking about what paint you use maybe and stuff like that. So again, it's a, it's like you said, it kind of has a double meaning word. This kind of negative and positive about recycling, it's overused. Uh, and I think you know the whole idea is really to concentrate on design in the sense. I mean, that's you know it's just the materials being used. And like you said, there is artists who you know I do myself as well. Sometimes, for example, I used to collect light boxes and old signs and make tables out of them, design them into tables. And then I found myself you can't get those anymore. And I found somebody who still works in the same method, so I recreated the same. So they knew, but using the same method. So again, every artist, you know, because we're talking about designers, people probably using nothing to do with recycling, but it's still a design object. So quoting me again, um, I'd like to uh, refer to the other, what I consider to be a pillar of design or contemporary art, and that would be photography. And if you've been through the first, you know, over the last few days, you'd have observed a lot of photography and a lot of, you know, very powerful work made the lens-based media. And uh, I'd like to come back to Hassan again mm -hmm. and to share a bit more light about what photography means to your practice. And uh, well, that's a big, uh, for me, photography has been a really good way to express myself, my ideas. Um, again, with my photography, most of it is set up. And also there's a notion of sometimes design works within the photography, i.e. sometimes I'm designing outfits, I'm designing the frame. So it was a good challenge to kind of try to mix these two things and have it in what's so-called fine art world. Um, I mean, for me, I'm using what's around me in a sense as an artist growing up in Morocco and London and trying to, that kind of misfit, playing around with that misfit kind of way, trying to show a kind of part of my journey, what's around me, uh, the kind of people I've grown up with, the people that inspired me, you know, so it has all these elements. Uh, at the same time, the people I'm taking pictures of, I always look at, I want to protect them because I, my friends, I'm travelling with them, I'm doing shows. So again, trying to put it in the right, in the right place for the right people to understand. Uh, also, it's been quite amazing that I've been able to be in what's I called the Arab world, you know, galleries and things in the African world and in the European world. So I've been getting away, but photography has been a really good expression, because I'm not a technical photographer, but I use it as, a, as an expression. So, you use it as an expression. Is it, do you consider that to be more documentary or more curative expression? Or do you uh, I think definitely documentary long term. You know, I mean, I had to look, you know, especially in my rock size bit where you can see, you know, the studio shoots, you know, it's been done before by big masters. Um, for me, like for example, my rock stars was an idea of, like myself, being, you know, if you look at Malik Sadibi, God bless him, he's from Bamako, he captured Bamako at a certain time uh, with a certain style. Um, so I've had to kind of look at myself, if I'm going to do this studio shit, it's one more, you know, it's easy to kind of hang something up and, and, and take a picture of a person. But I had to look at myself, somebody who's been moved from Morocco to here, my friends that I've met, maybe from Nigeria or Brazil, have been here at the same time. So 
again, it's going back to that, that word, trying to create something. So all the stuff I'm using is very cheap materials. It's like the sunglasses you get in the market, the textile you get in the market, but trying to create something grand. So it has really something from the past, something now, something that could be the future. And the last word, documenting for me is really important because at the moment they might look like pretty pictures, but hopefully within time you could show the history of these people that have been either taking pictures in London, Paris or New York. I've captured them at that point of time. That's, uh, you know, this kind of new world we live in, that being moving around. I'd like to come back to that a, a little later because okay. um, maybe ask you a little more about the cash angels. Yeah. But I'll, I'll come back to that. I'd like okay. to ask Carrie, what does yeah. photography mean to you in your practice? I know you, um, you're interested in photography and you, you've dabbled a little. So can you tell us a little bit more about I think for me, as, as, a, as someone who studied graphic design and worked in advertising, I see photography as a means to an end. And I don't see it as like a finished work of art. It's just something that I use to make something else. And going back to the contested word recycling, and it's about taking, okay, how can I make use of this photograph to create a drawing? Or how can I make use of this collection of photographs to actually uh, comment on a particular comment on a particular issue. So photography for me I guess as a means to an end, nothing more. Yeah. Could, it, it forms the basis for new work, it could form the basis for a new textile design, it could form the basis for a new drawing or an illustration. So it's just a means to an end. Family. I <coughs> I think what's what's really important even if Hassan you do claim <laughs> to document, mm -hmm. obviously documentation is always a comment, which is why your work is so incredibly interesting. Thank you. And you, you use the word commenting, and I, I really think this is, this is what's, what's so interesting about photography. Um, I mean, there's a lot, I, I, I usually, I like to include doc, um, photography in, into, into a show because, you know, it's, it, mm. it, it does everything. Um, you know, a show wants to do it. It's uh, photography is just it's just beautiful um, <coughs> because it trans it, it it you know it transports the object, but also the composition and everything. Yeah. You know, it's like it it's so photography can be so layered. It's it's just so beautiful, um, and um, and so and 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 again, you know, I think what's most interesting is that good photography is always a comment and is always complex in terms of the message. If you look, you will always get more than one message, which is why, you know, which is the good, um, a, a, a criteria for good design art slash uh, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, it's the same for an illustration. If you look, if you look twice or, or three times and there's still more meaning and still new messages, then I think it's interesting. We're talking about social commentary. Um, Carol, your work at the Venice Biennale two years ago um, was very scathing, I might say. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't know about <laughs> that. <though. laughs> and um, brutal, even, about global migration, uh, prejudices, and um, can you tell us a little bit more about that and why you think that the Venice stage was an appropriate stage for you to confront a lot of the issues that you think uh, were relevant and important to you? I think for me, like, I like to create my work from a place of interest and also from a place of experiences and, and from things I observe around me. 
And so when I created the work for the Venice Biennale, I, I didn't set out to make something political or to make something that commented on social issues. It was just what was happening around me at that time. Mm -hmm. And it was a collection of 50 drawings and it was basically a visual diary with a non-linear narrative, like focusing on life and experiences gotten from living and working in Lagos, Nigeria, and also in Berlin, Germany. And every, most of the things that I documented in those drawings were actually things that happened real time. And I started making the drawings in, in Germany. At first, I wanted to make a, a collection of work about Lagos alone, but I had to start making lots of practical decisions after I got the invitation. And since I was in Germany at that time and I wanted to save time, I decided to start the work in Germany. Then I had to go back to Lagos. Then I decided, okay, I'm just, since I'm moving around while making these drawings, then I'm just going to try to reflect that motion in these drawings in a very <coughs> static manner. And in the process, like, it turned out to be this social commentary, political body of work, and people responded to it differently. But for me, it was just a visual diary of events. And it was interesting to like, see how people responded to it. And yeah. It's interesting in the audience, we see a, uh, see a few kids here. So that's a, I'm not sure kids have been coming to the talk of the forum. So it's just because of design, uh, the kids' interest in design, and is that technology-based? Amelie, can you tell us a little bit more about your experience at the Veteran Museum? Is it you, your museum is very friendly to kids? And it seems like design is a way of enticing kids into engaging with contemporary art. Is that correct to say that? Or? I wouldn't necessarily agree. You know, after all, it's a museum, so kids are not allowed to touch. And, you know, so everything that's difficult with children and museums um, are the case at the Vitra Design Museum, too. So um, I have a four-year-old, so I know what I'm talking about. Um, we do, however... I mean, like for my next show, I'm really trying to to think about how we can, you know, add places to play or I don't know playfulness in general. Um, we've had exhibitions that had, you know, areas of, of exhibits yeah. that were meant um, for kids to play. Um, now, like right now, we have a, a show up with um, a huge wallpaper that kids um, are asked to 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 paint on. So um, it's like a drawing book on the wall, basically. Um, and for, for the show that I'm currently preparing, I'm also um, trying to you know, have toys and, and, and things that kids are allowed. What was your question, actually? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Uh, don't worry. Uh, was that your question? That's, that's okay, question, excellent. absolutely. <laughs> um, before we go to the audience, I'd like to just um, um, allow the panelists to just respond to a few generic issues. So for Making Africa is an iconic exhibition and it's touring and it will continue to tour. And a lot of, I suppose a lot of people in the audience here must have seen or would have seen the exhibition or may have bought the catalogue. Can you tell us some of the highlights of the exhibition for you researching, coming to Lagos, coming to go to Nairobi and the things that, why design mattered? Why do you feel like design is able to transmit a new energy or a new <laughs> vision for the continent? Hmm. Um, very many questions. <laughs> um, so we thought, 
We thought it would be interesting to look at design coming from Africa because we were interested in looking at what design could and should do in times of change. And while obviously we're all in change, the world in general is in change, um, I think the change is very well visibly uh, visible in, 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 in Africa. So, so we thought it would be interesting to look um, for what design could and should do in times of change and in the 21st century. And I, and I have this 10 items that I find it important for, for design in the future. And I found them all. So you can test me on any object that's in the, in the show and I will give you a long talk about why and how this corresponds to my 10 points. Um, what did I enjoy most? Um, well, I enjoyed most, I was traveling a bit um, in Africa. And what I enjoyed most was one, to find my, my you know, my initial ideas confirmed and my cliches and fears disconfirmed or unconfirmed. So I was, I was very happy to find this vibrant, young scene that is really like these, these I'm quoting Hoyo, who's <laughs> left the room. Um, a new generation of politically astute, cultivated, well-educated, very um, um, technically savvy people that really use anything that's available to them most and, and, and most importantly the internet to make themselves visible to a global audience. Mm -hmm. And maybe some people would also disagree, but I really think that the advent of the internet did more for Africa than mm -hmm. 50 years of I humanitarian know. aid, I think. Um, and this is this is so. This is what I was what I what I enjoyed most. You know, these 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 uh, uh, meeting all these people. These this this vibrancy. This um, but but again, you know, vibrancy is one yet again a cliche that's often connected to to Africa. I, I'm not. I don't mean oh my God, they have the rhythm in their blood. But what I really loved was this. Yes. You know, now this is us, and this is really something that's like a spirit that that was so visible all across the continent. It's like, well, you guys in the north, whatever, we do our stuff, and I, I love that. You know, I was like put into my place very humbly um, aside. So yeah, yeah, you guys, you're old. <laughs> Go deal with your first world. Sure, whatever. And then, you know, we do our stuff. And this is something that I really enjoyed. Karen, being part of uh, Making Africa and being an artist working in design, what would be for you over the last few years something that you'd like to, you feel most fulfilled about in, say, representing your ideas or your ideals? Yeah, I think for me, like, the three, three things stand out for me, and it's about independence, ownership, and also collaboration. And I feel that with design, Design has given me the, the possibility or, or the opportunities to be able to like, take these ideals and to make them reality and to take them into like a real place. And I'm very, and I'm also like really very much uh, interested in, in, in business. And business is about, business for me represents these three ideals I mentioned. And with internet and with design, I realized that over the years I've been able to like, come to a place where I have much more uh, power and to represent my ideas and also to collaborate with people to get things done. So it's a very exciting time for me and to be able to like, move from 
disciplines a discipline and to be able to represent all of the things I want to based on my experiences, interests, and observations. Very good. And Hassan, um, I talked about the cash angels yeah. earlier. Can you tell us a little bit very quickly about that? I'd say, I mean, I think that is really an iconic project that you've done. And in the current, you know, political and globalized world where we have a lot of commentary about these issues, can you tell us a bit about um, that? I mean, cash angels, again, is kind of, um, firstly, yeah, to understand, Marrakesh is the only city in Morocco that gets used by bikes because due to the old uh, Medina, the, you know, the, the layout, the old Medina. And the usage, everybody uses bikes. Young kids, women, men, man, young and old, traditional, you know, kind of modern. Um, I kind of know by growing up in London and seeing how Europe and the West think. And so I played on this idea because, you know, having a woman with a van on the bike, it just seems wrong outside yeah, Morocco. So I kind of knew this. So I kind of played up with this idea of putting an image in front of the person, let them decide what they think. Like you said, sometimes they see political in there, sometimes see religion, sometimes they, you know, I've had comments like, pardon my language, how the fuck can these people ride their bikes with, you know, the way they dressed up and stuff like this. Um, so for me, it was a kind of an idea of not knowing from here how people perceive, you know, sometimes from this, from our culture. Um, and then again, playing on the brand names, Cash Angels, Cash is short for Marrakesh. And I took the word from Hell's Angels and played around with this to kind of give a whole package. Um, it's been quite interesting to see this body of work, especially with the internet, because it was, you know, the, the internet the was internet. incredible. Yeah, huh? it broke the internet into uh, it. Was, it was incredible. And then seeing the kind of comments, because you had the positive and you had the negative. You know, and, uh, it was quite incredible to see it, and like what you said earlier, and sometimes you have this idea of what the body work you want it to say, and then you see it goes somewhere, you know, even further. And some of the images were actually shot around 99, 2000, so before September the 11th. And, uh, you know, when September the 11th, for the first two, three years, I can show this body of work, you know, especially having, you know, a gang of girls with camouflage leathers with the bikes. It just looked like, you know, they're going to come and take over or blow up something. So it was really negative and I had to kind of put that work aside for maybe three years and until that 2000 and uh, maybe 2010, something like that, when I'd done the first show of it. And just for people to understand. And when I took it to New York, it was even, you know, it was uh, to see how the Americans react to it uh, was quite interesting as well. So questions from the audience, please? Hi, um, I'm interested in what your thoughts are on the term found object, because um, I think perhaps it's just a, a question of semantics, but what's the relationship between found object and recycling? Is it just the same, or is that um, a kind of Western or more sort of artistic sphere term for the recycled object? Uh, yes, me just... Well, I think found object definitely does not have the negative connotation of recycling. Found object is always, you know, we think of, um, I don't know, uh, you know, art, very, very expensive art. While if we speak about recycling, we think of strange umbrellas or, you know, awkward things, cabinets that, you know, look kind of okay, but not really. 
Um, so again, I think um, it is a question of semantics, really. Um, I, I personally prefer, I really like the word sampling best. I think sampling with material is something that I, as an idea, I find that interesting. Um, but collage or found object is equally okay. I just like sampling better. When you say found object, for example, it, mm -hmm. it connotes uh, a selection, a choice. Mm. So yeah. you, you know, you find you find gold in the ground. Yeah. So it's completely different to recycling. It's a, it's you know, it implies that you've made a selection, you've made a choice, you've discovered something. So I think that's a really I like the term. I just uh, went to the Making Africa in Amsterdam. <laughs> it was really interesting, and the discussions are also very interesting. Um, I have a question about um, sort of how, I mean, right now it seems like maybe it's because I'm in the space and learning about it, but everyone is interested in learn talking about African design or arts and contemporary design in media uh, as well. But how do you think that uh, the designs or designers can create sort of um, um, impact, or not impact, but sort of uh, create the momentum that really creates longer term economic activity or sort of more longevity, not really sort of uh, get caught in a trend or always have to looking at the Western media or something. Um, well, so. mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, sadly enough, it happens with lots of uh, you know, when it because I'm doing my work, he's doing his work, and then be, obviously sometimes we fall in this trend. Like you said, Africa at the moment is a little bit of a trend going on. We've had Middle East and we've had the Chinese art. Uh, me personally, I don't want it to be a trend. You know, I don't, it's this reality. It's it's real, um, and the trend does come not via the African continent. It's normally from the press or the West. They highlight this. Um, so for me, it's very important to, you know, trying to do good work to present myself, to present where I'm coming from, and try and uh, straight, uh, stay true to what I do. So I mean, that's for me, that's what I think. Well, I feel that you have trends, and then you have the things that happen in everyday life. And trends are usually what usually what they are is that they are usually ephemeral. After a while, they fade away, mm -hmm. but then. Designers always happen on the continent regardless of trends. And people have always been making and seeing how they can make combinations between things. And that would go on regardless of whether there's a trend or not. Yeah. And when the, the, the trend eventually fades, life would go on and design would still happen. And I don't think it's ever going to, it's ever going to stop. Yeah, I understand. I, I think I'm more interested in sort of sometimes in terms of creating a business, like yeah. or commercializing something, sometimes you kind of have to be in, in current or trend. So maybe there's a some challenge that that was my maybe assumption. Like you can keep creating as a designer or artist, but that not not necessarily always create economic stability or growth, like longevity in a business in the continent that relates to design and art. I think that's well, why design matters. So it's um, the quality and the 
power and the relevance and the interest that comes with an object that is designed outlives any sort of trend. Yeah, exactly. And so what, what the work is going to say as well, you know, each artist is expressing themselves from different point of view. So again, there is people might go, they see a trend and follow that. There is, this will happen when there's a trend because like I said, the, the world of the internet, you know, even artists in Africa know what's going on outside. So if they see something, there is this kind of artist will go with the trend. But in general, I agree. Uh, I don't want it to be in, in a trend, to be honest with you, personally. I'd rather just pass by if, it's, if it is a trend. Um, so it's really more like that, I suppose, for me. I, I certainly haven't done my part in helping get Making Africa to Africa, but I'm curious what kind of reactions has the exhibit had on the continent or from your audiences in Africa? Because uh, if, if we're talking about this trend that's taking place in Europe and, and America, these shows don't make it back to the continent very often. Um, and so, are you seeing that people are taking notice? Well, I feel like most of the attention, unfortunately, has come from elsewhere, not from, mm -hmm. the, not from the continent. Yeah. Because even a lot of my friends don't even know about the Vitra Museum. And they don't just know and they just don't care. They don't care about it because that's not part of their lives. It's far and away. It's yeah. so far removed from their everyday lives. And so it's still like a 1% thing. You're showing in all of this, you're showing in a design exhibition in Europe, but then people back home are just living their lives. And then to them, designers, the way they talk, the way they interact with each other, that's what design is to them, not about products and not about exhibitions. And I feel that most of the attention has come from elsewhere, not from the continent. Mm. And as far as opportunities go, it has led to probably opportunities for more collaborations. But then on the continent, there's hardly not, not a lot of interest, not a lot of knowledge about the exhibition. I don't know if I answered your question. Yeah, OK, cool. <laughs> well, obviously, I would have loved to see making Africa going to Africa. But uh, I think. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we had this discussion, Koyo, by the way. Um, I think every, yeah, we all had this discussion, obviously. Um, there are not so many spaces that could actually host that show. You know, after all, it has art, so you need climate conditions, you need safety conditions, blah, 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 blah. The whole spiel, I don't want to bore you with that. Um, and it's very costly to transport things there. And it's um, <coughs> so. I still hope, you know, there's this new museum in Cape Town. Who knows? They have a lot of spaces to fill one day, maybe. And a few things have to go there anyway. So that's my last hope. But um, yeah, obviously, I'd love to see it there. I think it would be received with much more criticism, though, than in Europe and in the United States. I think so, especially since I'm not an African. You know try as hard as I want um, <laughs> <laughs> and I have <laughs> uh, but um, so I think uh, it would probably be tough but you know that's okay because people have been very tough on me in those workshops that I did and think tanks and it was fine mm -hmm. but the show is now what three years old 
a year so and a half. A year and a half. So do you think, would you like to see it updated or is it something that you feel like it should be preserved the way you initially imagined or curated it? I think it would be great to see other shows and it would be great to get the Africa out of the title <laughs> and just do great shows, you know, include artists or designers or creative people from the continent um, without labeling them. And I think, you know, I have, I have so much research still in my desk drawers. I could do 10 more shows and they would be equally surprising probably to most people. But uh, I really don't think I should be doing that because I think you guys should be doing that. Mm. <laughs> and um, yeah, but, but again, I would love to see it, obviously. And on the continent. Even the unique thing about making Africa is sort of the, you know, amalgamation of fashion, film, technology, photography, a lot of visual, very strong, in a very sort of coherent message about the energy of the continent. Is that something that we lose when we curate very um, pure shows, if you like, where we have like a photography museum or we have a show about um, design in product design. Is that something that you find that that's the unique energy that making Africa was able to contribute? Mm, yeah, maybe. And again, I no I couldn't I really couldn't yeah. care less whether something is considered art or design or crafts. I I don't think that's important. To me, at least, it isn't. I, 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 I love to look at things that excite me, you know? I love to look at things that tell a story. I love to look at things that ideally, you know, as a curator, obviously, uh, strengthen, strengthen the argument that I want to make. But otherwise, um, I think, I think, I really think, um, Again, if we look at what design could and should do in the 21st century, I found lots of evidence for that on the continent. And one, uh, and you both are proof of that, uh, a lot of work that we see coming from the continent is very, very multi and interdisciplinary. So, and, and, and again, people don't care. You know, they just do what they want to do and use the means and materials and types of expression that they consider you know, available, but also um, according, you know, that the, they think suits best to what they want to do and want to want to express in that very moment. And and I, I spoke to many people and and most of them call themselves artists just because I think this is as a as a profession more um, uh, more people in Africa are familiar with the with the profession of a, of an artist than they are with the profession of a designer, and therefore many people that I would equally call designers call themselves artists. But I really don't think that they call themselves artists because they consider it art what they do. It's just creative expression in some way. Um, and so the, the, I think, again, if, if we want to look at what design could and should be in the 21st century, then I think multidisciplinary is one of the very big criteria. And therefore, I think, um, if you want to speak about design in, in today, then then it has to be, you know, 
a table can be very interesting, obviously, you know, or a chair, but then there's just so much you can say about a chair or a table. That's what's more interesting is, is everything around it, you know, and the relation and, and, and their interaction that, you know, the fact that it allows us to gather around the table, or, you know, mm. whatever. I think these are, this is what's interesting about design. Hello, um, thank you first. I don't know if, uh, if it's really a question, it's more like a comment. We, we talk about Africa. I don't know if we talk about Africa as a big country or... I mean, I, I heard this comment from others, I'm not the only one thinking that, but... Um, <coughs> we talked about Norwegian design and British design, but when it comes to Africa, there's such a difference between the North and the South and East and West. Um, I don't know what's the feeling about that, if I'm the only one who twitch, twitches a little bit as hearing African design, African art, mm -hmm. and not looking as well as the locality of it. And uh, so I don't know if it's a question, a comment. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like saying I, it. I, I think it's very important. I couldn't agree more. But maybe I said African design, but I don't think so. Uh, it's, did not, I? Uh, it's not I, pointing I, at if, you. If really. I did, please, uh, <laughs> you can. I really try to say design coming from Africa because I, I, I totally agree, obviously. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's insane. No one would ever think about doing a show on European design. It no. just by the very... Go on, go on. <laughs> I don't agree. Say it, say it. I, mean, I know course. you're a fervent Pan-African. Ah, yes. <laughs> and uh, I, I really think... It's always when it comes to Africa, seen and spoken about and looked at and written about in a general form that we have to people cringe and you know say, oh, you have to define it, it's so diverse. No, you always hear you know, Asian this and that, European this and that, American this and that. I mean, even the United States, California is not New York. Mm -hmm. You know, so I mean, please, there is a level where a global kind of address is important, and there are levels where kind yeah. of specifications are, and we are in a format here where the global address is important. I think it's very important. That doesn't exclude the diversity, mm -hmm. that yeah. doesn't exclude, uh, you know, the, the, the differences, but that just makes a kind of conversation more, you know, navigable. Mm. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Koyo told me to say this. As a, <laughs> as, a, as a critique, but I, it was more of a lesson. I, Amelie came to Cape Town maybe a year after we had opened the Museum of African Design and sort of said, hey, introduce me to the designers in South Africa. And I said, no, 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 you're the one from the Vitra Design Museum. We're counting on you to help us find <laughs> the designers. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think the process of watching you put together the exhibition was really educational for all of us because these guys who are in this design exhibit are artists or designers or social commentators. It is about uh, interdisciplinary creativity. 
And I think knowing that even Vitra and even the Museum of Art and Design a few years before put together these these two catalogs, which will become the Bibles of, of and sort of phone books of African design, really feature uh, a, a creatives of all of all genres and disciplines. So, um, I think when you came to South Africa, I felt very lost, and and now that I've seen the the finished product, it's it's great to know that we're all sort of lost in it together, if that makes <laughs> sense. <laughs> Um, first of all, thank you. Um, I have a question, um, just kind of jumping off from a statement that Carol had made in regards to people just getting on with their lives and design not necessarily being an integral part of their lives. So the question, and it's hopefully I can get to a point, is who does, does that, you know, design matter to? Does it matter just to us as observers of a new aesthetic, a new change, or one a change that we've now cottoned on to, and it's still quite theoretical. Um, and I ask that because generally design is seen as something that's quite useful, um, while art is something that's seen as something that's making maybe a commentary or a statement or is aesthetically pleasing. Um, so if if people on across the continent aren't interacting with this these new design practices or ideas, does then it just turn this idea of design into just art because it doesn't matter to them in a in a you know as a daily interaction. Um, I mean, for me personally, I, the stuff I'm working with, I have one is to the usage. I love to see it getting used when it's outside my my place, and secondly, also because I work with a lot of artisans. Back, back in Morocco, so for me that's important because it's about you know, uh, community. learning, community, economy, putting some money back into the local. So for me it has to have this journey because as like I said, if it's just a pretty object and becomes under art and design you can't touch. For me personally, it doesn't give me any, uh, you know, any, anything, uh, you know, any, any kind of uh, happiness with it. So I have to have this kind of relationship between the objects I'm designing, where it's coming from, where it's going to. Uh, I think what I meant when I made the statement was, I think you got me wrong. I actually feel like people on the continent actually engage with design, but not, just ne not necessarily through the place of objects alone. Sometimes it could just be about the way they live their lives and the way they communicate with other people, and the way they dress. And so it's not just focused on objects alone, but it's about everyday life, and how they move around, how they navigate, how they navigate, like, how they, how they navigate like, the, like the challenges that they are faced with. And like in a place like Lagos, like where you have over 20 million people, and the infrastructure there is not so well developed, unfortunately, then you have people who live in that space who actually move around and are able to make sense of living in that space. And there's, a answer, there's an answer I gave to an interview I had, I think, two years back. And it was about, uh, what does Lagos mean to you as a, as a designer? And it was about, hey, Lagos is a place of alternatives. If you're going to live in Lagos, then you have to understand and appreciate the existence of alternatives. 
And that's what design gives to you. It makes you aware and more observant of, of alternatives. Like, if there's no electricity, then you use a generator. If there's no generator, then maybe you use an inverter. Mm. If there's no inverter, then maybe you use your phone. Mm. <laughs> or maybe you use a flashlight. So you're thinking constantly, how can I move around this space? And it's not about a table or a chair. It's about life mm -hmm. and moving around, navigating spaces. And that's another aspect of design on the continent. It's, I feel like for design in the, in the Western world, it's very much focused on objects. And you can't separate objects from uh, uh, capitalism and the need, an industry as well. But it's a totally different ballgame back home. Like people engage with design differently, mm -hmm. and they don't even call it design. Yeah, usage. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's actually sorry. it's actually linking to the last question. I'm a I'm a graphic designer by training, but I work with a lot of young entrepreneurs from Africa and many are the brightest in their fields. One of them was just invested in by Mark Zuckerberg, 24 million for an education venture in Nigeria. Others innovate in healthcare and another one was featured for building a robotics school in Nigeria on CNN yesterday. So I was, I was wondering what you think of uh, design solving everyday problems in healthcare and education and governance. What are your thoughts on that? First of all, <coughs> who said it was the last question? And then <laughs> you've been late. We've, we've already addressed a lot of those issues, I believe, um, in our discussion. So, Koya, do you want to? I don't know if you want to no, answer that yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I just thought that, uh, especially what Caro was saying, and somehow also what Hassan was mentioning. Um, I would have liked to bring this conversation, maybe the last five minutes, towards, and this is a fight I had with Amelie, uh, towards the understanding of design and style, which I really think uh, it goes very close to what uh, Carol just said, the way culturally, socially, historically, politically, uh, people leave design in Africa. It has, from what I understood, and this is not analytical, but this is really just lived experience, growing up in Africa and living in Africa and traveling through Africa, that there is a much more uh, understanding and kind of even visceral relationship to style as opposed to what is called design. And I totally agree, and this is, I think, what my text in the catalog is about. It's about social design. It is immaterial design. Mm -hmm. And that design that is really uh, uh, shaping, organizing, defining the social relationship, and also the navigation is a very nice word for that, you know, how you move in the space and in the society and through time, mm -hmm. you know, uh, uh, around that. So, yeah, it's not a question, it's yeah. just a comment, yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I would like to react, I, I remember now because I was like, did we fight? <laughs> <laughs> and then, yes, I remember now, we did have a conversation about style. fight, but it was um, a conversation. W w style as a word. 
<laughs> it's true. Yeah. Uh, style is a word, you know, is, is, is in design like coziness in architecture. Architecture is never supposed to be cozy, and so design is never really supposed to be, you know, style is, is, is difficult. But that's a very theoretical design geek thing. I, I do know now what you speak about when you speak about style, and that's design. So I do agree. I, I, I think it's very important to, um, to go beyond the object when we speak about design. We have to understand that, especially in the digital revolution, I mean, we. Come on, even like, I, mean, I think we all agree that web design and, and apps are designed, you know, I don't think we need a lot of discussion about that. So we talk about immaterial things anyway, they're not things, by the way, so immateriality. And so if we do already, if we're, if we're that far, then we can also, I think, go beyond that and expand a little and as, as we've all done, talk about systems, infrastructure, relationship, interaction. Um, this is this is design. That's 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 the most interesting bit about design, in my in my opinion. I, I'm I'm not interested in function uh, or form as long as it's you know really like uh, limited to this very traditional, very old-fashioned um, discourse that we've had in the 20th century. I think if we speak about design today, then we have to understand that it goes way beyond that. Um, I'm currently working on an exhibition that is very much about technology. And the interesting thing is the form is not changing. The city will always be the city. And if it's a medieval city, it will remain an, a medieval city. The difference is what comes with design and technology is the way how we navigate the city, how we deal with the city. And this is what's interesting. This is what's design. And so I think, um, why, why does design matter? To come to a, you know, back to the initial question, that's why because it defines how we interact with everything. And this is, this is um, I know this is, a, a, it might be a geeky view, a, big, a geeky perspective, but I, I'm convinced this is, at some point, people will be with me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, I'm not Brian, I think we can, we have just reached the end of our time. So on the final note, thank you all for coming. Thank you, Claire, for organizing this wonderful panel. I can take no credit for bringing these guys together. This is all Korea's selection. And, uh, <coughs> and we know, from what Amelia just told us, that when we are all gone, passed away, the objects we leave behind, the design intervention we created will speak for us. So thank you. Thank you all for coming. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for such fantastic discussion, which I'm sure will be continued.